Hello and welcome to episode two of the Orthway Valpal podcast. My name is Paul Marquis and I hope you enjoyed our first episode. Hope you had a chance to get to the website, check out some of our resources and some of the information that we've put on there. Orthway Valpal is just going to keep growing from here on out. We plan on doing a ton of podcasting. I'd love to uh, communicate with you folks some. I want to build a community of healthcare providers who care about getting into specific diagnosing of patients, and then having discussion about how do we properly manage these patients. Again, um, I have a lot of experience with evaluation, diagnosis, and treatment of orthopedic and sports uh, injuries, but oftentimes we see a lot of neurological um, and other types of situations that may throw a twist into things, and that leads me into today's episode, which is called Seven Reasons Patients Don't Get Better. Now, it's easy for us to kind of say, well, this patient isn't being compliant, or we find excuses for uh, why the patient isn't improving. But many times there are other underlying scenarios and situations that can cause this. So what I want to do today is I want to run down seven, I want to go through seven reasons why patients don't get better. We'll go through them one at a time. And the next time you're with a patient who doesn't seem to be getting better in a reasonable amount of time, and when I say reasonable, I need you to remember that this is for different diagnoses. Okay? It is reasonable for a frozen shoulder to get better in a three month to two year period. Okay? Whereas, uh, somebody with a mild Achilles strain really should be seeing some improvement within three to four weeks. So um, your diagnosis can change when these people get better. So I want it to be a reasonable uh, time frame. So let's start off with number one. And if you stick with me throughout this podcast, I will show you where you can get to um, these seven reasons. You can download the PDF and you'll have um, something that you can keep with yourself and keep it in your office and use it kind of as a cheat sheet in the future. But I really want you to think about these seven different reasons when you see patients who don't get better in a reasonable amount of time. So back to number one, um, an inappropriate diagnosis. So I know this kind of sounds stupid, uh, but you need to remember that there are many diagnoses out there that can look like other problems, okay? And so an example of this would be, let's say, a patient who was diagnosed with plantar fasciitis, but actually has a metatarsal stress fracture. So most people who have plantar foot pain and have pain in the morning when they first get up and take their first couple steps and may have increased their activity level, all could have signs of plantar fasciitis. But if you dig a little bit deeper um, and uh, find out that, you know, maybe this isn't a plantar fasciitis or maybe you've treated them for plantar fasciitis and they just don't get better. And most plantar fasciitis patients do get better. We have a high success rate of treating them. And if somebody isn't showing improvement in about a three-week time frame, we need to be concerned that there's something else going on. It could be a stress fracture. It could be a tumor. It could be a nerve injury. So if you don't have an appropriate diagnosis, um, you could, uh, the patient definitely won't get better because that leads into number two, which is a biomechanical dysfunction, which means that um, let's say a patient has a shin splint pain and has significantly flat feet and calcaneal eversion. Well, if we don't recognize these biomechanical issues, these malalignments uh, or um, factors that contribute to these different diagnoses, 
then you could you could fall in trouble just by trying to treat the symptom and not the cause of the symptom. Number three, and I see this happen very, very often, poor treatment or plan of care. Okay, so number one, if you don't get an appropriate diagnosis, you're obviously going to give the wrong treatment and plan of care for this patient. So a classic example that I have seen in the past is a patient who has lateral deltoid pain and is given a cortisone injection into the lateral deltoid when the pain is really being referred from the rotator cuff insertion from an impingement syndrome. So that is kind of a classic scenario and um, something you need to remember. So number one, again, an inappropriate diagnosis. That's why we are here. That's why I have developed OrthoEvalPal. We want to make our evaluations more specific. So if we can just do that alone, that will significantly increase our chances of making people better. Number four, the rest re-injury cycle. Now, what is that? Um, an example of that would be a patient who is recovering from, let's say, a quad strain, starting to feel better maybe a couple weeks after the injury, but they're not quite healed yet, and they go out to play some soccer and they get re-injured. And so they haven't taken an adequate amount of rest to heal up enough for the tissue to start to respond to loads again. Okay, so the rest re-injury cycle, this happens quite commonly, especially with people who are very aggressive, who like to exercise on a regular basis, and don't like to listen to medical advice very much. But sometimes you need to really sit these people down and say, okay, listen, you've had several episodes of this pain coming back while you're starting to get better, if you continue to aggravate it, it's going to continue to get worse and will probably sideline you a lot longer in the future. So if we adequately rest you now, let this settle down and get back into a slow progression back into your activity level, then you have a much better chance of having longevity with that activity. Now we get into some complex stuff. As we start from one through seven, you're gonna notice that we start with physical issues as we get through um, these uh, seven reasons why patients don't get better, you're going to notice that we have different types of things that will that involve more psychological and psycho psychosocial type of issues that can contribute to people not getting any better. So, number five, complex regional pain syndrome. Now, this is a beast. It's a disaster. I have a video on my YouTube channel about complex regional pain syndrome, and out of all of my videos... I probably have more horrific stories um, about that particular video than any other. Complex regional pain syndrome is extremely, extremely difficult to treat. So what is it, number one? A lot of people don't really realize or know what complex regional pain syndrome is and don't know how to identify it and manage it. And so it's really a symptom complex that is characterized by pain that is disproportional to the injury. So, you know, often these are crush injuries to an extremity like a hand, a wrist, a foot, um, but can be other places in the body also. But it most often occurs with crush injuries. And through my experience, oftentimes I will notice that patients have some sort of underlying psychosocial issue that complicates this. So this physical pain is manifested by an underlying psychosocial issue. So... Not only, you really shouldn't try treating these patients alone. And it doesn't matter if you're a primary care physician, an occupational therapist, if you're a pain specialist, or you're a psychologist, you really shouldn't be treating these patients alone. The best way to treat these is with a team approach. 
Okay, so generally a, a therapist, a pain specialist, physiatrist, uh, somebody who can do some interventional uh, pain work, and a psychologist is uh, also a very important aspect of trying to manage uh, these problems. The way I like to help take care of people with complex regional pain syndrome is to give them goals that are very attainable and to maintain a very, very positive atmosphere around this patient every time you see him in the clinic and a lot of encouragement can go a long way. So that was number five and a very, very um, difficult diagnosis to work with. But these are um, patients that may not show improvement in a reasonable amount of time. Number six, myofascial pain. Okay, this is a pain syndrome that's very difficult to identify sometimes. And you may think they have, you know, an elbow tendonitis or um, upper trapezius spasm. And then come to find out, you start to notice that they have aches and pains all over. It may move around a little bit. Um, that muscle and surrounding connective tissue can uh, become very, very painful generally inflamed and cause dysfunctional movement. Therefore, the patient doesn't move very well and then they develop chronic dysfunction um, throughout their body. They'll often have uh, tender trigger points in many different areas such as the upper trapezius, lateral epicondyle area, the forearms, the calves, the distal hamstrings, uh, and uh, some throughout the thoracolumbar paraspinals. So this is something to keep in mind. Often you'll find people who have myofascial pain syndrome really focus on their pain a lot. And so when I see these people, I try to avoid using the word pain. And I also, um, I'll sometimes call it discomfort. And I will, um, you know, say, hey, hope things are going well. We're going to work on this today. And I really give them something to look forward to. And again, very goal-oriented program can help. The last thing, um, number seven, as far as the seven reasons why patients don't get better, is the depression and somatization. So people with some psychological disorders can present with complaints of physical issues with no real explanation for a cause and really no mechanism of injury. So psychologically, they're causing themselves some physical discomfort. So with that in mind, I want to uh, reiterate that treat your patients as best as you can. An appropriate diagnosis will really help get you started and send you in the right direction. And if you if you have a good diagnosis, you've eliminated biomechanical issues, you've given a good treatment plan that is reasonable for that problem, you need to start thinking about other things. And um, just keep all of these seven reasons in mind. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, after uh, today, we're going to start to get into uh, some anatomical areas. We're going to start with the knee. And so our first series is going to be on the dreaded patellofemoral dysfunction. And that's going to be our next episode. We're going to talk about some anatomical issues and um, different uh, problems there. If you want to get a PDF of uh, the seven reasons why patients don't get better, please go to our website at www orthoevalpal.com forward slash seven reasons and um, download that for uh, for your files and uh, please uh, go to iTunes leave a, a review please rate us send us comments and I really mean this I mean it doesn't have to be just positive comments but anything you um, you see or hear that could make our uh, website and build our community better uh, in a positive way Please feel free to leave those and um, I will be looking at all of them and addressing them as soon as I can. So thanks for listening. My name is Paul Marquis from Ortho Valpal. Have a great day.
We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.